We're going to be talking about some scripture this morning that is going to convict us a little bit. It's going to challenge us a little bit, but hopefully it's going to free us a lot. We're going to be talking about money. <laughs> Close up, make sure no one leaves. Lock all the exits. We're going to be talking about money. And I just want to warn everybody that we're in the book of Matthew. You can ch- turn to chapter 6. We're going to be talking about money a lot in this book. Jesus talks about money in the book of Matthew 109 times. So it's something that he, uh, he's familiar with, and it's something that he has something to say about. But I, I, I want to give just a little review of what we've been talking about. Two kingdoms and one heart, or one allegiance. Uh, I, this one I had heart, but I, I think I'm going to call this series Two Kingdoms, One Allegiance. We have the kingdom of heaven up here. This is, I mean, it's not really up here. I just do this for myself to remember. Uh, but we have the kingdom of heaven. In it is righteousness and holiness and joy and peace. And then we have the kingdom of earth. And what Jesus prays in his prayer is, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want this kingdom to absolutely invade everything we do on this kingdom. That's what Jesus is talking about. And so the key verse this morning is this one. No one can serve two masters. If you think of it as two kingdoms... We can't serve both the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. We can't serve both God and money. It says either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In 2004, the Federal Reserve had a study that showed that 43% of Americans spend more than they make. And that the average American spends, for every dollar they earn, they spend a dollar That's That's not a... Just so everyone knows, in, in financial class 101 this morning, that's not good, okay? So uh, I didn't know if anyone was there with me or not. So g- this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about which kingdom are you going to pledge your allegiance to? What's it going to be? The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of earth? And we've been kind of talking about it all comes down to our heart. If we review what we've learned so far in Matthew in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts off with the Beatitudes, the happiness, how to be happy. And it's all heart are the merciful, poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus is going, you want to be happy? It all starts with your heart. Your heart focused fully on this kingdom. It's not the things of the earth. Then he goes into um, sin and sin management. And we say, oh, okay. And the Pharisees were saying, do not commit adultery. And Jesus is saying, I want your heart. Yes, I don't want you committing adultery, but I don't even want you lusting after a woman. I don't even want you focused down here enough to where it draws your attention away from me. The Pharisees would say, um, uh, do not um, murder. (laughs) to check my notes there do not murder you know what would be cool is if this could be hooked up to a big screen back there so i was actually looking at my notes back there pray about that and see what the lord says okay i'm playing around because you know what i'd have the game on that's what i do and it'd be too much of a temptation the pharisee said do not murder and jesus was saying no forget do not murder i want your heart don't even get angry nothing down here should bug you enough anyway Kingdom of heaven, that's a heart thing. Then he goes on to your relationship with God. 
Jesus says again, the Pharisees were saying, they'd pray out in public. Oh, they wanted all the attention down here. He says, do it in secret where your heavenly father sees in secret and will reward you. When you fast, do it in secret. When you give, do it in secret. All up here, I want the pledge of allegiance to the kingdom of God, is what Jesus is saying. So what happens is we've got these two kingdoms and we have one heart. So I have this lame graphic that I just put up. Uh, this This is the Christian life for me a lot of times. I've got the kingdom of heaven pulling my heart one way. Paul talks about this as well. Ah, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Kingdom of heaven's pulling this way and the earth is pulling this way. I want that escalade. And I'm, it grieves me. It grieves me one way or the other. Sometimes I'm focused too much on the world and I'm going, man, I wish I had some more money and I'm grieved. Or I'm focused too much on the world and I, in the kingdom of heaven, I'm going, Lord, why am I doing this? So hopefully this morning, as we go through this scripture, uh, we can kind of help each other uh, in focusing on this kingdom of heaven. Uh, We have another video that Joey did called Joey Talks Too Much. The question was asked these kids, what do you want more than anything? What do you want more than anything? Let's see how they uh, see how they respond. Very good. Very good. I want to breathe underwater more than anything. Cree said she wanted a Mountain Dew factory more than anything. Aaron Cree said he wanted to be better than Chuck Norris more than anything. Childish stuff, right? Think about that question for you. What do you want? It doesn't have to be more than anything. What do you want? That's what I've been asking myself this week. What do I want? I want a different car. Why? Why? This is what we're going to be asking ourselves this morning. Where's our focus? Where's my focus? Because those things seem childish to us about wanting a Mountain Dew factory, although 
that would be pretty killer. <laughs> right? But I think a lot of what we want is childish to God. I think he looks at our answers to that question and says, what are you doing? There's something so much better. <clears throat> so what I want to do this morning is talk about uh, three twos. <laughs> you have two on there in your outline. I'm going to talk about three twos. The first two is two missions, two missions. With two kingdoms comes two missions. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We're talking about two different missions, two different treasure chests or war chests, if you will. We've talked about these two kingdoms are actually at war with one another. And the rulers of each kingdom are at war with one another. And we're determined to pledge our allegiance to one kingdom or the other. And so Jesus is saying here, there's two missions. What are you going to invest in? Which mission are you going to invest in? And what Jesus is saying here is on earth, there's no safe investment. He says, you're going to store up for yourselves treasures on earth? We, we're moving right now. Um, and so it's been difficult for me to be preparing a sermon on, like, not amassing things <laughs> while I'm moving a garage full of things I've amassed. <laughs> and, and because we moved from Lakewood to Garden Grove, uh, we had to pack everything in that house. And we made a determination we were going to pack only what we needed. And all that stuff has sat in our garage for a year and a half. And we've made another determination. Now we're going to move only what we need. We got a bunch of junk is basically what I'm saying. We've amassed thousands and thousands and thousands of kingdom dollars on stuff that's sitting in boxes. That's what we've done, essentially. And what Jesus is saying is, don't do that. <laughs> Moth and rust and thieves. Now, it's interesting that he uses those three things. Moths don't, this shirt <clears throat> is <laughs> cheap, but the, there's no moth holes in them. And the reason is because I wear this shirt quite a bit. You moths only eat what you're storing. Have you noticed that if you have clothes in there and all of a sudden you pull it out a year and a half later and go, what? It's because it was just sitting there being unused. This term rust is not rust like we think, like our, my car is rusting. It's, it's an eating away. In other words, um, in the scripture, it'll say for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's the same Greek word eating. Rust, but we don't say rusting and drinking. It's eating. And basically what Jesus is doing is he's picking three things that are very, very valuable to this culture. One is garments. If you had lots of garments, you were very wealthy. But if you have lots of garments, you need to store those garments. And when you store those garments, moths come. Rust is eating. And what he's talking about there is the other section uh, of their lifestyle that showed wealth and gave a sense of accomplishment was grain. Remember when he was talking about the rich guy who had all these storehouses and he said, I'm going to build bigger storehouses. This is what he's talking about. He says, you fool, your soul's required of you today. And so we store this grain and the mice come and eat it away. And then 
And then anything like we have gold and things like that, valuables, that were, they were valuable back then, and those things get taken by thieves. There is no safe investment if you're investing in this kingdom, period. I don't care what you do. Even if you say, well, I'm, I'm really conservative. I go for bonds. It's not, not berry bonds, stocks and bonds. It's not safe. But there was a, in Rome in, uh, in February, I don't know if you read this article, but there was uh, uh, this diamond mart, and it was totally, I mean, like secure. This thing was secure. And so what the criminals did was they tunneled for three weeks. They tunneled to the basement wall which they didn't alarm. I mean, who alarms a basement wall, right? And they dug in, and they stole millions of dollars worth of diamonds. No matter what we try to do to be safe, let me tell you guys, I don't care what security system there is in the world. If, you wanna, if somebody wants it from you, they're going to get it, period. There's nothing we can do. We invest in alarm systems, all that kind of stuff. No, no, no uh, on earth there is no safe investment. And so what Jesus is saying is be vested in the right uh, mission. Since we're talking about kind of business and finances and stuff, we're going to be talking in business terms, being vested. That means that you are, that you have an investment in there and you are, you have an interest in there. I'll, g- I'll give you an example. We, for the last year and a half, have rented our home. Okay, this is very important because you guys are going to end up holding me accountable to this. Okay. I probably shouldn't mention it, but I'm going to. So we had our one home in Lakewood, and we liked it, and we did, you know, made it all nice and everything. And the house was an extension of me because I had invest, I was vested in, into it. I'd done the, my own work on it. I put a lot of money into it. Uh, so when you entered the house, you entered an extension of who I am. So it was very important to me. Then we moved, and we started renting. And I don't care, but I could... That house, you could come in and go, those are the nastiest cabinets in the world. And I'd go, whatever, it's not mine. I don't really care. I'm renting, right? That's what you say. Oh, oh yeah, I'm renting. As I'm not vested. Now, the money I had from my old house was in an account that I'd look at a couple times a week because I was vested in that account. Now, here's the question. Can I take that rental mentality into my next house and not be vested into it can i can i say it's not my house it's the lord's house i'm just renting it i'm just being a steward of what he's given me but if there's nasty cabinets or whatever i don't care it's not an extension of me what's an extension of me is the kingdom of god that's the test before me and my lovely wife can we go into this house and say it's not ours? We're just renting it from God. That's the question I have to ask myself. Where, I, am, I, where am I vested? You'll see it when you look at your kids play sports. Okay? Jesse's not here, right? Okay. I have, my son Jesse plays basketball. He, is, um, he, he struggles at that sport. Uh, do I care? Absolutely not. So, so there's one kid who just goes around, scores all the points, and other kids who can't do anything, they're tripping over themselves. But when Jesse gets the ball, I am totally focused. If he knocks the ball away from some girl, because it's, it's co-ed, you can imagine my son struggling in a <clears throat> co-ed league. But the thing is, so uh, when he does that, I'm just like, 
yeah, way to go. Way to go. After the game, oh, you played fantastic. Why? I'm vested into, what's, into his life. The other kids, I don't care. You know, Jimmy broke his arm. Okay, he broke his arm. Right? He wasn't any good anyway, so it's it good to have him gone. But my own kid, I'm vested. Now, what God is saying here is don't store up, don't try to be vested in this war chest. It's the wrong mission. Get connected, get fully vested into kingdom stuff. It's not just our money, although that is what he's talking about. Are you investing in the kingdom? Again, for anyone who's visiting, I promise I don't drive a Jaguar. I'm not trying to get more money, but I am passionate about this subject. Being financially responsible, especially with kingdom dollars. I've wasted thousands and thousands of kingdom dollars. And so I get, I, when, when I look at things in the scripture, I'm constantly trying to get better at that. Because it's important. And so we're, we, Jesus is talking about being invested in the, in the right uh, kingdom. Listen to this. Earthly treasures make godly mission difficult unless they are used for his kingdom. Now, again, I, I, I do a lot of caveats. I say, now, what I'm really trying to say, I'm not going to say that this morning. You guys know me enough. You know I'm not saying that if you have a nice car, it's evil. The Holy Spirit is going to have to deal with us this morning, each one of us individually. So I don't have any examples of how much money is too much money to make or any of that kind of stuff. But earthly... Uh, earthly treasures make godly mission uh, difficult. Now, why, why am I saying that? Well, the words they're using there for treasures is the word we get our term thesaurus from. To store up treasures is, is a thesaurus. If you look at a thesaurus, I got one right here. Here's a thesaurus. The main entry is sorry. Let's say, like, let's just think outside the box and I do something to upset Lisa, okay? We're just like, this is like crazy stuff. I... And so I say I'm sorry, and she says, sorry isn't good enough. You always say you're sorry. Ah. Well, actually, I'm apologetic. I am compunctious. And she goes, oh, you're compunctious. That's so sweet. I forgive you. And then I do the same thing again the next week. And she's like, what is your problem? And I whip out my trusty thesaurus. I say, I'm regretful and repentant. And self-condemnatory. Self-condemnatory. Oh, baby, come here. You know, we make up. Right? What am I doing? I'm substituting words. I've got this treasure chest, this, this hoarding of words. That's what a thesaurus is. It's, it's a treasury of, of words that you can use at, at different times. Now, what happens is when we get our treasure on earth and something comes up, we, we use it. We need peace. I'm going to go shopping. We need joy. Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to buy this thing. We need, oh, um, am I content? Well, let me look at my bank statement. Oh, yeah, okay. Whew, things are going okay. It's a substitute because we have these treasures for what God really wants us to have. True contentment. And so what happens is, because we have this stuff, God says, okay, you can have that reward. He lets us go. And when we need true joy, we go, oh, Lord, 
in my bank account. Oh, I didn't know the stock market was going to do that. I didn't see that coming. I need, and the Lord's like, well, here's, your, here's what you've got so far in the kingdom. Now, does he love us? Absolutely. Does he accept us? We say, Lord, forgive us for that. Okay, but here's what you got. That's what he was saying to, the, to us earlier. You want to pray and have it be for men? Like, go ahead. But you're not investing in the kingdom. And when you need me, you're not going to know how to connect. See what I'm saying? And so, uh, so what happens is when we have earthly possessions, it's not just the possessions that we use. It's all the maintenance of that, those possessions that distract us from the kingdom. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but when I... Um, uh, when I buy something, I do a lot of research about it. Like I want to, like, you know, like stinking Joey puts an iPhone up there as one of the things you're not supposed to have. Ugh, oh, I hate Joey. I never let him, right? So what happens? I do all this research. No, now's not the right time because all this time. But what's, what happened to all that time? Or then I get it and I'm taking care of it and I'm doing it or I'm storing it. In 2006... Check this. This is awesome. Americans spent $22 billion on storage. That was 2006. It's only going up. Storage is a massive uh, industry right now. $22 billion to have somebody hold our stuff. You, you look at like, and again, I don't know what this means for me. I don't know what it means for you. you we have to go before the, whole, before the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want me to do? So $22 billion to hang on to some of our stuff. I'll probably pull my back out this week grabbing a bunch of stuff I probably won't ever open again. All sidetracked. It's difficult to be mission-oriented when we have all this stuff. So here's the bottom line question. We have two missions. In what mission am I investing? Because we can't double dip. Remember we were talking last week about double dipping. We can't, ha- we can't be honored by men in our prayer life and be honored by God. It's just one. You just get the one. I can't fast and have people notice and go, man, you're so spiritual, and then draw closer to God. I'm, when I do that, I'm investing in this kingdom. And there's no more dollars for this kingdom. In what uh, mission am I investing? I, uh, Gary Helmers is leading a small group. And um, uh, Gary Gerhardt's in that small group. It's called the Gary Small. Everybody has somebody named Gary. No, I'm kidding around. So uh, it's a small group on get, getting hold of your finances. Because, uh, again, I believe in tithing. I, I, I teach it. I practice it. I believe it. 10% of our income goes to the work of God through the local church. Okay? So, but most people are broke. <laughs> they don't have the money. Right? And so this, this is, it, the, the, the idea of this small group is to get done with the debt, to get in a plan, a process, to, to be able to be free. See, that, that's what this is all about. Freedom. Not give more to the church or whatever, but be free. So Gary Gerhart made this, um, I've got to be careful with it. Oh, he's going to kill me if I mess this up. He made a, um, a tower of Babel <laughs> out of credit cards that he cut up. Isn't that cool? Wow. 
I wonder how much this thing's worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put it right here. That's right. Being able to cut up your credit cards, priceless. Um, that's kind of a testimony to, I, I'm, I'm not going to live by this world anymore. It's very cool. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to ask you to do now, if you are interested, because that group's going to end, and we're hoping that it will split into two groups, if you are interested in being in a small group, you don't have to say, you know, I make you know, $45,000 a year and I spent, you know, $2,300 on potato chips last week. Uh, you don't have to do that. It, it's all, an, you know, it's all, you're just going over principles of how to get out of debt, how to get in a budget, and then you hold each other accountable for it. My vision for Living Spring Church is that we're a debt-free church that isn't caught up in the world. That we're encouraging one another to, oh yeah, oh I got this great deal. It's used and I got it. And there's more kingdom dollars there. Either for this church or some other thing, ELI or whatever. That we're we're not bound in there. So if you're interested in that, do me a favor on your flap. Just write your name and phone number and just write finance somewhere on there. And then when we take the offering, rip that apart and put it in there. And then we'll know if there's people interested. It's, it's all about getting out of debt and uh, getting, uh, be better stewards with your money. And again, it's, it's confidential. You don't have to say anything, but it's fun to be in a group with people. Lisa and I are doing it as well. And uh, it's fun to have this accountability and it's fun to see it really works. And it's fun to have those chains loosened. So I want to continue on that. But uh, in, in what mission am I investing? Second thing, there's two mindsets. Not only are there two missions, there's two mindsets. It goes on. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your, eye is, uh, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, the word for good here, if your eyes are good, is a little deceiving. It, it's really the word for generous. It, it's a combination, but it's a word. It's, listen to this. This is the word, how it would be used in James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask the God who gives to all generously. That's how they translated that word there. Generously. Healthy. Good. That's the idea. It's, the idea is abundant. Healthy, generous, and abundant. God gives us wisdom in a healthy, generous, and abundant manner. Or in Romans 12, 8, it's talking about if you exhort, do it in your exhortation. Do it. If you give, give with liberality. Same word. Liberality, abundance. So here's the idea. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, if they're abundant, if the idea is if you're looking at the world in a, in a way of What can we do for the kingdom of God in our finances? Do I need that? What could I use that money for instead? That's the idea. And it goes on. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If our focus is myopic, you know, we call them putting blinders on. Okay. If we're, if we're focused on the things of the world, not abundant, not kingdom stuff, but just the things of the world. Because it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on he- in heaven. If we're just focused on ourselves, there's a darkness there. There's a, there's a, we're in a, we're in prison. There's no abundance. There's no life. Now listen, I, 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 I know I've, 
come down on the health and wealth doctrine before, but it is really annoying to me. I, I hate it. It just it drives me crazy. The idea that God bless, if you have money, God, it, it's God's blessing. Or if you want a lot of money, you just go through some whatever to get it. God's blessing thing. I'm not that familiar with the, how they back it up. But, but I do know this. Jesus says, it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if it's difficult for a rich man to experience kingdom things, why would God bless us by making it more difficult for us to experience kingdom things? See, what God wants is our mindset to be on here. If he gives us $10 million, fine. If he gives us nothing, fine. Our focus is abundantly here. It's on the kingdom of heaven. So all these decisions... Again, it doesn't matter how much money you make. I know people who make millions of dollars, drive nice cars, and their focus is up here. You say, well, how can that be? They could, they could you know, sell that car and feed some Haitian kids. I, I could sell my couch and feed Haitian kids. Why, why am I not doing what God's calling me to do? Or why am I doing it? Here's what it says here. Because this idea of having an evil, your eyes being bad, is a Jewish uh, idea. It says that a man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know what will come upon him. That's that evil eye. A dark eye. An eye in, in, in NIV that says a man with a, a stingy man. Someone who's just focused on themselves and what can I get? There's no joy there. Jesus is saying, your mindset should be up here. Then, what? Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. Not added unto you like you get more and more and more as you're seeking first the kingdom of God. It'll just take care of itself. If you're supposed to live in a 6,000 square foot house on the hill, go ahead. If your focus is up here and that's where God has you, great. See, the point is this. How you handle money is a window to your spiritual clarity. How we handle money is a, is a window to our spiritual clarity. If I'm going in debt, let me talk about debt for just a little bit. With the two kingdoms, there's two different mindsets. The kingdom of heaven's mindset is pay now for eternal rewards. And the payment isn't really payment, okay? It's just exert energy now for, for a reward later. Debt, consumer debt, is I'll pay later for a reward now. See the two mindsets? And, and again, I, I, this is crucial that you understand what I'm saying. I, what I want to do is take us where we are now and move forward. Because what ends up happening with the debt cycle is that, let's say you're going fine, an emergency happens, you're $2,000 in debt. And then you're like, oh, man, oh, I, I can't afford, oh, we got to pay this debt off. How are we going to pay this debt off? Right? So you start that feeling of, oh, man. So what do you do? You go shopping. Oh, I just, and it feels good. Oh, but now the debt's more. And so there's this downward cycle because we just want immediate reward and we'll pay later. You know where we do this the most, don't you? Christmas time. The time when we're supposed to be totally focused on this kingdom, we're going into debt because we can't imagine if little Jesse wakes up and he doesn't have, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game under the tree. So we go, okay, I'll do it. 
and then we pay later. See what I'm saying? These are the two mindsets. And this is what, uh, and so how we handle money is insight into what we really believe. See what I'm saying? This is what Jesus is saying. And in American culture, this, is, this hits us right between the eyes. And I'm, believe me, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I'm not trying to put anybody down. But I want to move forward from where I am now. So if, and other things happen, there's tragedies. You know, you, my wife needed a liver. Sorry, we can't afford that right now. You know, no, help. <laughs> you know, there's things that you just go into debt for. But I'm talking mostly about uh, consumer, consumer debt. So we need to move forward. Look what it says here. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Have the wisdom to show restraint. If I can't take care of money, why would God give me real treasures? You know, have you ever said, uh, have you ever thought about, like you see someone wins the lottery and it's like 25 million bucks? I'm sure you have. So don't be all looking at me like all spiritual, (laughs) condescending, like, no, I don't even say the word lottery. So you say to yourself, what would I do with $25 million? Here's what I usually go through. Well, first I'd just take care of the necessities. I'd pay off my house and get my retirement set up and I'd get the kids college fund. But then with the extra money, I'd start a foundation for abused children and I would feed the poor and no one needs that much money, right? Well, if that's the case, if I'm really going to be that good with money, how come I don't have 20? How come the Lord hasn't given me $25 million? Why didn't he give it to me? I told him what I was going to do with it. I'm serious. I'll, 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 I'll help some people out as best I can. I think the question we need to ask ourselves is not how can I make more money? How can I do this? How can I, you know, how can I get out of debt? But Lord, why do I make what I make? Is it that you don't trust me with more or that I don't? See, it's a hard issue. Forget how much you make or how much debt you're in or blah, 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 blah. We need to go here and go, Lord, how much money do you think I should make? Why don't I have a million dollars? The Lord might be going, because you're going to waste it, dude. You're a terrible steward. I'm not giving you a million dollars. And so we wear ourselves out trying to accomplish something that God doesn't even want for us. I know I've done it. Gosh, have I done it. Let's move on. Check this out. Here's the bottom line question. With what mindset am I living? We asked ourselves, in which mission am I investing? With what mindset am I living? I mean, really. I mean, really, when it comes down to paying bills and making money, and and do I really have a kingdom mindset? That's what I had to ask myself this week. Where, Where is my treasure? Okay. And where's my mindset? And see how Jesus is tying this in. Where you invest, your heart's going to be there, he says. Your heart's going to be where you invest. Invest in eternity. Use what you have. If you have a nice house, use it for eternity. Have a small group. It's not sell everything you have. I know people who don't bathe and they don't have any stuff because that's the spiritual way. 
they could they could get a job and get if you care that much get a job and give all that money to a, to the kingdom don't just stink around me and tell me as you're really spiritual i do that myself i pick something that i think is so spiritual and it's like the lord's like you just stink go take a bath and come back to me with some real doctrine right i do it myself Here's the real thing. Two masters. This is what it comes down to. Jesus goes on. No one can serve two masters. We have two missions, two mindsets, and two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. There's an interesting parallel here about this idea of being slaves. It's in Colossians chapter 3. And, and Paul is talking to slaves. So he's talking to real, honest-to-goodness slaves. And he says this. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters. Well, how can, I can't obey two masters. What's Paul saying? I, can, I only obey God. He goes on. And do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. See, we can be in this world and we can have really nice china and nice floors and whatever and still be totally devoted to this master. You can fly around on the corporate jet and make oodles of money and still be totally devoted to this master. There's there's freedom there for that. Now watch what happens. It goes on. Whatever you do, Work at it with all your what? Heart. This is again what Jesus wants. He wants our heart. As working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. See, again, this is this kingdom treasury, this kingdom mindset, this kingdom mission. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, what that does is it frees everybody up on the one hand to live the way God made it. You, you have a gift of making money? Fantastic. You like Godiva chocolates? Well, whatever. They keep me up at night. So I don't eat those. I eat chips. And a lot of them. Okay. So Jesus is saying here, listen. It doesn't matter where you are. What matters is you're focused here with your master going, what do you want me to do next? You're at the store. You got, I don't have my wallet with me. You got your credit card. This is, okay. Lord, is this something that fits in your kingdom? Is this what you want me spending my money on? You're at work. Oh, I, I want the promotion. Do you? Because it means 15 more hours a week. Is that what is that it? If the Lord says yes, great. But you have two uh, two masters and you can only serve one master at a time. By default, the word master means 100 percent devotion. So you can't like walk, you know, this 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 tightrope. See, sometimes our debt becomes our master. In Proverbs, it says the, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower will, will be servant to the lender. And now because of this debt we've accumulated, there's no kingdom dollars. There's no kingdom time. We just, here we are. 
And so we got to get out of that. And again, I'm not just talking about tithe. I'm talking about financial stewardship. Where are you? Someone may say, John, I give 30% to the church. I don't care. Is that what the Lord wants you to give? Someone says, I only give my 10%. Fine. If that's what God wants you to give, it's, there's freedom in it. We want a formula, but we don't get one. For example, the rich young ruler, uh, he, uh, he comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus just goes, you got you to gotta leave your master and come with me. You have to sell all you have and give to the poor. He only said that to the rich young ruler. That was not a teaching of Jesus. Jesus talked about business practices and making money and the guy with the talents making more money and how he was blessed because he was, he was being a good steward with his resources. Only the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he was a man of great wealth. His other God was calling him. Going, who are you talking to? I was talking to Jesus. Get over here. We got stuff to do. Okay. Off he went. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about how much money you make or don't make. He wants our heart. He doesn't want our money. He wants our heart. And that's going to translate into money. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Uh, in Luke, it's, it's the parallel to this. It's the exact same time. And he says to them, um, you know, if you, no one can serve two masters. Either you're going to love one or hate the other. You can't serve God in wealth, it says in, in Luke. You can't serve God in money. And it says, the fair, right after that, it says, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. <laughs> What's this guy talking about? And then Jesus says a brutal, brutal statement to us as Americans, at least to me. I, I ter- talk in terms of how bummed I get during the week preparing these sermons. Here's what he says. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Uh, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Now, what is he saying there? Because we could start looking at each other and going, well, you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't. Remember, we're talking about do not lay up for yourselves. (laughs) We're talking about you. We're talking about me. And so what this verse is saying here is, God detests anything that you value on this level more than this level. So you got a friend that drives a Porsche and you go, oh, God detests the things that are valued by men. So you should sell that and give it to the poor. Remember, that was Judas's thing. And God's saying, I don't care if he drives a Porsche. I just don't want his heart there. I want his heart here with me. And then I'll tell him whether or not he should have a Porsche. You ever do that with your kids? I'll tell him what he can and cannot do. You be quiet. This is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, whatever you value, if you're like, oh man, I wish I had that, I wish I had that, and it takes your focus off that, God hates it. If you drive a pimped out Escalade and you just don't even care and you're singing worship tunes and you're totally involved in the kingdom, it doesn't matter. If that's what the Lord has you, where he has you, fine. 
But make no mistake, he is our master. And so he's got something to say in every single one of our lives about how we spend money. He does. It's not my job to look at anybody's bank account and shake my head. It's my job to look at my own and listen to the voice of God. Here's what it says here. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you're eating caviar or you're eating top ramen, do it for the glory of God. So the bottom line question then becomes, what master am I serving? We are in all. We are in all. We are in all.